This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Hope everybody's having a fantastic evening or day or morning, whenever you're listening to this. I'm excited to be here, like always. So joining me, we got Porkman, we got Nate, and we got Chev. We have a fantastic episode. It's going to be jam-packed. So this one's going to be quick moving because we got a lot to talk about. We want to try to keep it to an hour. So let's get started. And let's start with some rookie breakdowns. I know that's what you're all here for. And we are going to start with the guy that some people are thinking is already a top 10 dynasty running back. Some people think he is better than Najee Harris. We'll see. That's what Bob we'll put on the show sheet. So we shall Bob, Bob texted me that too. Did he? So maybe it's Bob who thinks that he's better than Najee Harris. Did Bob say he's that dude? Because he says that sometimes. Yeah, he's he that dude. Okay. Well, because his dude didn't show out at the combine that well. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. But for right now, we're going to be talking about Brees Hall from Iowa State. So Brees Hall is five foot eleven inches, two hundred seventeen pounds. He's twenty years old. He was a four star recruit. He is projected to go in the second round of the NFL draft, and that again is courtesy of NFL Mock Draft Database dot com. So last season, two hundred fifty three carries, one thousand four hundred seventy two yards, twenty touchdowns. On the ground, he averaged 5.8 yards per carry, 36 catches, 302 yards, and three touchdowns. So, who would like to start it off talking about Brissol? Pork man. Sounds Pork good. Man. Phil, do it. <laughs> All right. So, um, for me, with Brissol, um, we obviously know he's one of the top five RBs in this class. And it was a couple things that a lot of things I saw and a lot of things that, you know, that were cons in his film. So I'll just start with I'll start with the good stuff. Um, I like to really like his patience in the backfield. Um, really good. Um, he's a really really good runner in the backfield as well. So he kind of sees where he sees where he goes um, really really well. The only problem is sometimes with me um, is his patience. Is a little, he's a little bit too patient at times, and he runs to the back of his blockers. Um, so we can uh, talk about that part a little bit later. Um, with him running around actually in the backfield, I really like a lot. Um, just his lateral quickness for me going side to side, he gets, he gets a little bit of a choppy feet and his feet stop and that allows the defense to get to him. But, um, what you I said, really like choppy feet. Yes. Choppy feet. His feet gets a little choppy. So he takes said, a little bit too many steps in the backfield. Um, but when he is decisive, when he runs, um, this is a lot of people that's not going to be able to catch to him. So when we talk about the 40 time, we I'm not, you know, talking about the whole thing, just like the little 15 to 20 yard splits. I think he would, I think he did really well with that. And you, it really pops on tape. So when he's running and he hits the hole, a lot of people aren't going to catch him right away, but he doesn't have that long speed to where, you know, he's going to get, he, he's going to outrun the rest of the defense. Um, right now I have him as my, it's like an RB, RB1A, 1B with him and Kenneth Walker. I can't really pick right now, so I'm just going to have them tie right there because what one person does well, the other one doesn't. So uh, I, I think this guy is the winner for him. I don't see him as a top 10 right now in Dynasty. Um, I can't really say that just yet because there are a little bit of flaws. Um, concentration drops as well. That's a big flaw for me. I saw that he did catch the ball pretty well at times, but when the ball is coming to him and he's not – He's, it's not a natural catch for him. He just 
he he has some issues with it, a couple of double catches. But for me, he's good. I just, you know, top 10 is, is a little bit steep for me at this point. Before we move on, I just want to ask you a question. One word answer, just name the player. Would you rather have Brees Hall or Saquon Barkley? Saquon. Saquon. Okay. Neat. Uh, guess I'll go Barkley. Okay. Uh, it, see, that depends on my team. If I'm a win now team, I'll go Barkley. But mm-hmm. if I'm in any other position, obviously Hall. Brees Hall or Ezekiel Elliott? Hall. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Okay. Brees Hall or well, Javante Williams? Javante. You got to go Javante. Mike, yeah, I actually mm-hmm. have keep trade cut up right now. And if we're going to say he's a top 10 RB, I'll, I'll give you the, you know, 9 through 11 running backs. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the eight, 9 through 11 running backs. We can see maybe he's in that top 10, right? So right now on keep trade cut, would you rather have Antonio Gibson or Brees Hall? Brees Hall. Antonio Gibson's RB9 on keep trade cut. Okay. At RB10, would you rather have Austin Eckler or Brees Hall? Brees Hall. Eckler. I think that also depends on if you're a win now team, it like d- you it said. Depends on, it, it's hard to do these in a vacuum, especially yeah. running backs. It'll be easier for like right. wide receivers, but running backs are hard in a vacuum. See, mm-hmm. to um, me, Brees projects as more of a pure three down back than Austin Eckler does. But Austin yep. Eckler made that PPR upside. But, hey, yeah. we only have it for one more year. That's true. You know? Um, and then coming at RB11, which is, you know, just shows that age is a big thing. Dalvin Cook. Wow. Would you rather have the declining Dalvin Cook or the new upcoming Brees Hall? That's tough. I'm going to go That's with tough. Brees Hall. So I'm going to go with Dalvin myself. I'm going to stay with Dalvin on this one, though. Just saying, maybe maybe Brees Hall, top 10 running back, ain't too crazy. Okay. Well, so, Nate, why don't you give us your thoughts about Brees Hall then? We'll do you next. Yeah. So, Brees Hall, he was – he's my running back one coming into the combine. And, you know, as every other fantasy analyst, you know, I take the combine and I certainly do not overreact to it. Like, you know, we're all very level-headed, you know, come <laughs> combine time. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. But my eyes do light up when I go and play a profiler and I see that 4.3940 yard dash, when mm-hmm. I see that 98th percentile speed score, when I see the 94th percentile burst score, all while being 5'11", one, uh, 217 pounds. This is a big guy moving fast. And it just really it not only confirmed everything, everything I saw on tape, but it showed that, I mean, he put work. He put work into training because he, he looked a lot more athletic in 2021 than he did in 2020. Okay. And he continued to get more athletic between the 2021 season and the combine. And I think we're seeing a guy, you know, that is obviously able to put in that work and get better. And it, I love to see guys improving coming into the NFL draft. When I see a player that, you know, had a great freshman year, had a great sophomore year, an okay junior year, and then goes to the NFL draft. That's not the you know the, the trend you want to see going into the NFL. You want to see guys skyrocketing into the NFL. And I think yeah. that's what we're seeing with Brees Hall. Um, he's on his way up. I think he probably is a top 10 running back already as long as he gets a good landing spot. I think he even might sneak into the first round with his combine results. But just looking at the film, he does everything I want as a runner. And just the patience that Porkman touched on earlier, I think he's very patient behind the line, one of the most patient backs in this class. The vision is good. The size is great. And the athleticism is there, as we've talked about. But I think where he wins a lot is with the power and the contact balance. He has a great nose for the goal line. I mean, over his three-year career, he had, I'm trying to edit up real quick, 56 total touchdowns in three years. That's almost 20 a year. It's very impressive. It's it's not just a guy that you know got lucky when you're averaging almost 20 touchdowns a year. I mean, this guy obviously has a nose for the end zone. He knows how to move around near the goal line. He's gonna have a great role in the NFL. He has a three-down workhorse kind of role ability. You know, the sky's the limit for Brees Hall. It's really just gonna come down to is he gonna get the volume that he deserves for fantasy football? Yeah. Do you have a film score on him, Nate? I do have a film score on him. He is my running back one. Um you know, the, the film score is actually a little low 
because I'm just not super high on this class. But I do have him at a 6.68. So that's actually not that high of a, a score, you know, compared to some of the last classes. But I'm, I'm down overall on the running backs in this class. But You and I are off by 0. .05. There you go. Wow. I do love me some Brees Hall. Yeah. Chef, what are your thoughts? And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. I'll, I'll be the last one to go here. Yeah, so like Nate said, 60-something touchdowns in three seasons, and he progressed every single season. You can see him building that, that athletic ability throughout those three years. 23 catches or 26 catches in the first year that he played. Second year, same thing. Third year, he comes in with like 34, 35 catches, I believe. And that's all you can ask for in a guy that is your star running back. He's getting 20 touchdowns a season. The last two mm -hmm. seasons, 21 and 20. Then you throw in the ability to catch the football. And his athletic ability is insane. His speed, the combine was awesome for him. He definitely built his, his stock up. It was already sky high already because he was going to be the RB1, in my opinion. Uh, so he's just really doing things that are going to propel him in the NFL. He's going to get drafted to probably a pretty solid team. Could be late, late first. Who knows? And that's going to be a good landing spot. He's going to have probably a good line with him as well if he gets drafted in those later rounds. And even if he gets drafted in the early seconds, he's still going to land on a team that is RB needy most likely. So Brees Hall is somebody that has been my RB1 since day one, and I'm super excited to see where he goes in the NFL draft. The combine was just a sight to see already. So in the NFL, I think he's going to do great things. Okay. Um so for me, Brees Hall was my RB2. I had Isaiah Spiller at him, and then I started scouting Brock Purdy and Charlie Kohler, and I'm seeing more and more Brees Hall, and I'm like, this dude's my RB1. You know, he's that dude in the class. I mean, he's a really good combination of power and shiftiness and being elusive after you know getting past the line of scrimmage. Uh, perfect size, 5'11", 217, can definitely withstand anything the NFL throws at him. Good vision. Uh, Pork said that he does have some issues with patience, and I do see that from time and time. Um, but I think that could be that could be coached out of him. He's more powerful than what I expected. And if you watch these game cutups and you watch it at a higher volume, every time he makes contact, you hear a really solid pop. That's not from the defender. That's from him giving it to the defender, and that's what I want to hear. He always, he's always falling forward. And this guy just gets better as the game goes on. He will wear defense down, but he's not your typical grinder that has to just keep getting carries to wear defense down. He's still shifty and elusive enough that he could be a game breaker on top of all of that. Um, the only thing, the only knock I have, it's it's a slight lock, knock, and it's pass pro. And I just think, I didn't see it much. I just think that's Iowa mm -hmm. State's offense. But mm -hmm. I did just kind of do some digging around, and he talked about, you know, when you go from high school to college, you're not prepared to do that, but he understands he has to be better at it because that's how you make your money as a running back in the NFL. And if you want to be a three down running back, you have to do it. So that tells me he's willing to put that work in and do whatever it needs. To, he needs to do to be an elite level running back. I've rejected in the first round. You know, I think he would be a better quote unquote luxury pick for a team than someone like Clyde Edwards Alaire. But if he goes in the second round, like Jonathan Taylor did, He's still going to be fine. Um, my film grade on him is 6.73. So, Nate, you and I are really close. He is my running back one in this class. I don't anticipate that changing, to be honest with you. Um, my two, three, four, five, whatever, probably going to get moved around a bunch between now and the draft and definitely afterwards. But Brees Hall is my guy. Yeah. So let's move on to our second prospect for the evening. It's not Nate's favorite small school wide receiver it's a different one we got christian watson from north dakota state he is six foot four 208 pounds he's 22 years old so he was not ranked coming in at all i don't believe he received any d1 offers nate is that correct mm -mm. uh no he didn't nothing this good. was his only offer at north dakota state he definitely made the most well, out of it it is a d1 <laughs> i thought they were well sorry isn't North Dakota State uh, FBS? FCS. FCS. So they're still D1. Are they, are they still? I thought that was D2. No. Mm -mm. FCS okay. is not D2. There's there's FBS, FCS. That's all D1. And then there's D2, which is like a bunch of random schools you never heard of. And then there's D3. It's like Mount Union or something like that. 
And, uh, I don't really understand why D2 exists. Because, yeah. like, you're either D3 or you're D1. But then there's just, like, random D2 schools. So, I don't know. All right. Well, color me incorrect. Regardless, <laughs> according to NFLMockDraftDatabase.com, he is projected to go in the third round. Last season, 43 catches, 800 yards, seven touchdowns, 18.6 yards per cap average you say mike oh that's not that great this is a run first team i could tell you that from watching the film they love to pound the ball they love to have the quarterback run as well um who wants to start with christian watson chev you volunteered pork last time how about we start with you this time (laughs) yeah christian watson is somebody that has absolutely exploded in the last month or so going to the senior bowl not much talk about him a little bit of talk but after the senior bowl one of the guys that's talked about the most. Then we go to the combine and the dude just comes in and blazes the combine, does everything he needs mm-hmm. to do, everything right. He's tall, he's lengthy, he's broad jumps great, everything's great. Christian Watson is a guy that you can obviously tell he's been working, he's been grinding, even though he's at a school that is maybe smaller. I believe North Dakota State is one of the best schools in FCS. I always seem to see them playing in the championship. And I'm sure that he's a big part of that. I love everything he does on the field. He wins all over. He can win down the field. He can win intermediate. And he can also win in the backfield. You see him playing at the running back position every once in a while. I'm not going to say he's Debo Samuel because I think that's blown away. There's so many people that are Debo Samuel these days. But I, I do love Christian Watson, man. I think he's got good route running. I think he's good anywhere all over the field. Like I said, he play anywhere. And I think he's just a guy that is just a gamer and he loves the game of football. Even when he's blocking, you can see how hard he goes. And that's what I really mm-hmm. am looking for, especially he's got burners as well. So this guy, he may be a small college school. and Who knows if he's D1 or D2 these days. But Christian Watson is somebody that you need to be having on your radar in your, in your uh, fantasy football drafts this upcoming season. All right. Um, Nate, let's get your thoughts on Christian Watson. Yeah, I was really excited when Christian Watson got the senior bowl invite back, I don't know, it was December, early January. I was like, you guys got to watch out for this guy. You know, I got to actually see Christian Watson play live this year. I went to a Towson Tigers football game here around Baltimore and North Dakota state was coming into town. And I was like, I I never go to Towson games, but Hey, I get to see North Dakota state. I mean, that's one of the best teams in FCS. So let's go do it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that Christian Watson was a potential NFL draft pick. So I made sure to get, you know, a really grainy zoomed in photo of, you know, his back while he was standing on the sideline. You must have an iPhone then. Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) So, but watching him live, he just, just destroyed everybody. I mean, the game ended up being 35 to seven. North Dakota State, and I will say that score line does not show what happened on the field. North Dakota State absolutely destroyed Towson. Looked like they weren't even trying. Um, they they started like running the clock in the second quarter. But I mean, Christian Watson, I think he had like a seventy yard touchdown during the game. You know, he's he's ten yards behind the defense. It's an easy throw for the quarterback. As a wide receiver, he absolutely destroyed his competition. And that's what you want to see from these small school guys. Mm-hmm. You want to see them absolutely destroy their competition. you know. And he's out there. He's done that. He comes to the Senior Bowl. He does well. He goes to the Combine. He kills it. He's everyone's favorite sleeper now. Six foot four, 208 pounds, incredible athletic ability. You know, I see it, but I'm not sure I'm seeing like the first round hype that some people throwing around. Not sure that he's a top five wide receiver in this draft class. We got to cool the Jets just a little bit because Christian Watson is going to have a transition into the NFL. You don't just come from North Dakota State University and pump right into the NFL and destroy. Okay. It's already hard enough to be a rookie and produce in the NFL, let alone come from the FCS level. But just from watching the film, Christian Watson, he does a lot right. The athletic abilities there, the contested catch ability, you know, using his size. He has he times the ball well. He's not bothered at all by cornerbacks. He's got great physicality, great hands, feels very comfortable catching the ball away from his body and using the like the full length of his frame. Great playmaking ability. He was using sweep screens, all that, made his way down the field. But once again, you know, FCS level, you know, he won on athleticism. Mm-hmm. We saw that consistently. He won on athleticism. Because then, mm-hmm. as I'm watching the film, yeah, he's, he's, just, he's killing it. 
but he's not a great route runner. He doesn't have a great release off the line because he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. So he's got to work on those things if he wants to, you know, make it at the next level. Not saying he can't. He absolutely can. You can see that he can grind because, you know, he put up these great numbers. He obviously is in the gym working out. He's working on his craft. But he's going to have to get better in those parts of his game before he can make an impact at the NFL level. So uh, at the end of the day, I have a 6.22 grade on him. Um, that puts him eh, about wide receiver 10, I think, for me. So uh, a guy I'm excited about, but honestly, at this point, he's probably going to be overdrafted by a lot of players uh, in fantasy football because of those speed numbers. But I hope he gets day two draft capital. I hope he does great. I'm really rooting for this guy. Uh, I don't really have anything against him. I just want to pump the brakes a little bit. Dan, I'm sorry. What did you say his film score was again on him? A 6.22. Okay. So you're higher on him than I am. Um, Phil, let's go to you, and then I'll finish up. Christian Watson. Yeah, I think uh, I do really like Christian Watson. Um, his athleticism definitely pops on tape. But like Nate said, I'm going to keep it short. The the route running to me wasn't just the best. Um, his head manipulation um, to where he's going to or different spots of the field, it just wasn't there. It just seemed like he was just running, just running his routes and just getting open off of just pure athleticism. Um, the speed is there. I love the fact that they were giving him the ball in the backfield a lot because it seemed like he might have just been the best player on the team. Like, here, just give him the ball. He's going to score for us, and he does well with that. But going to the next level, playing these next-level cornerbacks in the league, um, with him just running reminded me of like a like a Chase Claypool type. He's just running straight and he's relying on pure athleticism. Um, that's not going to work. So whatever team that he goes to, um, he'll just hone on some of his routes, his posts, um, his out routes, because out routes are just up and out. There's no head manipulation. Um, his hips aren't dipping as well as they should be. I mean, seeing that he is six foot three, he's a he's a big dude. So you're not really expecting that from a type of player like that. But this screams to me like a boomer bust guy at the next level for fantasy purposes and uh I would take a stab at him, but I'm not going to overdraft him in the first round or early second. If he's available in the late second, hey, I, I might see what see what's going on there. Seeing how my team makeup is, I might take him there. But this is this to me, it's just screaming overdrafting for me. Yeah, I think you guys are right. We do need to temper expectations here. You know, small school coming to the big show. One thing I noticed about him is he's not that great off the line. He seems to get open better the longer the play goes on, you know, like mm-hmm. his athleticism and his pure speed, Sean, you can go ahead and you can put me over. There we go. Thanks, Sean. Um, <laughs> that that's when he's able to release, but the short and intermediate stuff, it's just not really there for me. Um, as far as his routes, the routes are okay, but he can run all the routes. That doesn't mean he runs them that well. Again, these are things that, that could be coached up. Um, contested catch is good. Like Nate said, um, he's a threat to score whenever the ball's in his hands. He's elusive after he catches it. You know, the yards weren't great in this offense, but this is run first, really. My film score, I actually had him projected in the second round. Um, 5.67 is my film score. And the more I think about it, I think the Dallas Cowboys would be a really good place for him to go. Uh, they have C.D. Lamb, and there's a whole lot of question marks. Michael Gallup's not back yet. They might try to re-sign him. You know, Amari Cooper looks like he's going to get uh, released. Cedric Wilson's a free agent. So, you know, if they have some other guys in there, this is a guy that could learn. Might be a good scheme fit for him. Mm-hmm. So just kind of something off the top of my head. That being said, I'm not going to overdraft him wherever he goes. And he should go somewhere where he's not expected to be the wide receiver one any time soon. I also think third round is probably a better uh, spot for him than the second. But you never know. You see teams take stabs on guys because they either can't trade back, he's the next on their board, or they're just not good at drafting. So if the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs select Christian Watson in the second round, you is, have he the one, over- is he the one on one? Yes. You have to overreact. <laughs> you you just and then he's the greatest thing ever. Just, just hey, I would love to see some Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball down the field to Christian Watson. Well, just Josh, Josh Gordon did just resign with the Chiefs today. So. True, and he's going to have his you know twelfth year breakout. 
It's going to last an offseason. Speaking of which, why don't we talk about some things that transpired today in the NFL, all sorts of fun stuff. So Aaron Rodgers signs a four-year, $200 million deal to stay in Green Bay. Nate, has that money and length of contract been confirmed? Because I saw you shared that tweet. Nothing's been confirmed yet, at least not by Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Or Um, Pat McAfee. So... Does this? Do you guys think they move on from Jordan Love? He's not going to want to sit around for another four years, right? So uh, I was, I think it was um, Jim Nagy, the guy who runs the Senior Bowl, said he was talking to some scouts, texting some scouts about Jordan Love's trade value, and apparently some scouts think that the Packers could get a second round pick for Jordan Love. Oh, interesting. Um, if they can get a second round pick for Jordan Love, they absolutely should move him. Because that's great value when you got, you know, you don't need that. And you can use that second right. round pick on a wide receiver, um, which we know the Packers aren't going to do, but they could. Sorry, uh, I think if, if, if I think if they can get a third round pick, you know, you, you still consider it because, yeah, I mean, by the time Rodgers is done with that contract, Jordan Love is going to be out of his contract as well. So I don't know, maybe you get like a third and a fifth, maybe you get a second. Either one of those, I think you make the deal. If you can't get anything more than like a fourth or a fifth, then you might as well hang on to him. Just mm-hmm. hope something happens. Maybe you get to trade him next offseason if he gets a chance to like show up for a game. Um, but it didn't look good in limited action last year. So, you know, it doesn't have a lot of hype behind his name right now. Okay. Chev, do you think this shifts any value to any of the, the rest of the Green Bay offense? You know, guys like Devontae Adams, the, the running backs there. My boy Jay Sternberger is not there anymore, but we got Tanya and he's still there. I mean, this this has to make you feel better about those prospects long term, right? Yeah, I mean, if you have Devontae Adams, this is best case scenario for you. You get the guy that's been throwing the football his whole career, the guy that has made him an NFL wide receiver one, like the guy in the NFL that people can't guard in the red zone. I mean, this is best case scenario if you have Aaron Jones. This is best case scenario if you have Dylan. You get your quarterback back that all these people are excited about. Maybe it's not AJ Dylan. I'll take that back. I think if yeah. if everybody if the quarterback <laughs> left, I think AJ Dylan would have been in a better place, in my opinion. I think they would have tried to run the ball more mm-hmm. rather than just trying to air it out. So I'll, I'll sit on AJ Dylan. But this is best case scenario for Packers fans. This is best case scenario for anybody that's Packers related. You get your MVP back, you get a guy that doesn't throw interceptions. And you get a guy with deadly accuracy. Now, as a Bears fan, this is the worst day of your lives. This is the worst possible thing. But that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, I saw a Bears Bears fan on Twitter say, you know, it sucks that he stays around. But also, maybe Justin Fields will actually get a W over the Packers and, you know, the Bears will actually beat the Packers for once. It's Justin Fields. He's got to do that to be the savior of Chicago, right? Honestly, it doesn't matter who's that quarterback. We're we're probably in a little bit of trouble this upcoming season. So <laughs> hold off on it. You know, I can't really say the Bears are gonna beat the Packers, man. It just it just hasn't happened in my lifetime. So I'm not very confident. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. It just doesn't happen. So when it hopefully it starts to happen consistently, but hey, good for Packers fans, good for fantasy. This for those Pack wide receivers too. Yeah. There you go. So fire him up. So the next signing, Mike Williams signs a three-year, $60 million deal to stay with the Los Angeles, should be in San Diego Chargers. Take that to my grave. Philip, is Josh Palmer still going to be a thing? Oh, for sure. We we all know. We saw his talent last year. We saw what he looked like when Mike Williams was out. And he, he has the hands. He has really good route running. And he has that rapport with Justin Herbert. So I don't see – I would say from seeing this news from Mike Williams, I would try to buy a little Josh Palmer for people who don't think he's going to be good as a slot receiver. Um, I got, I have – I think he's better than Jalen Guyton. I know Jalen Guyton sometimes a little bit of a one-trick pony going downfield. Yes, I said it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but Josh, Josh Palmer is a big-body guy. He can be one of those big slots that's running across the middle while they continue to have Mike Williams go deep in. Josh Palmer could have a little bit of not not a lot of PPR upside because there's a lot of a lot of talent on that team, but he's going to give you um, a good amount of points if you need like one of those spot starts during the bye week. So I think Josh Palmer can still be somebody that you can keep rostered on your team, and uh, and if somebody does like him a lot, as you think the same way, I would try to sell him high too if you can. But 
I think he's a definite buy low at this point. Okay, and Nate, is this the best case for Mike Williams? Yes. This is the best case for Mike Williams. Um, I, I don't really like free agent wide receivers when they move to different teams. It doesn't usually work out super well, at least not year one. Um, Mike Williams, he needs a quarterback like Justin Herbert. And we saw this year, you know, when they start throwing him the ball more often, it goes really well. So I think this is absolutely best case for Mike Williams. He gets to stay there for three years. He's, he's there for Justin Herbert's rest of his rookie contract. Keenan Allen's getting older. Mike Williams, you know, we saw like the, the top wide receiver performance at the beginning of the year kind of trailed off. The consistency isn't quite there for Mike Williams, and that's kind of been a thing his entire career so far. But if he's going to build upon that consistency and try to get more consistent, it helps that his landing spot, his area, the team is consistent. So I think this just helps him continue to get better rather than having to kind of start over a little bit. So this is this is absolutely best-case scenario. I'd be buying on Mike Williams right now. I think this is the best you could get to ask for. To finish that, just this thought up, do you trust him? I trust Mike Williams. Okay. I trusted him this entire time, and it burned me many times, but it helped me out this year. So I'll, I'm going to continue to trust him. All right, now let's get to the big part of the day here. I'm going to take the lead on this one. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds signs a two-year deal with the Detroit Lions up to $12 million. <laughs> wow. I just had to sneak that one in there for I'm you. I'm in Ross St. Um, Brown fans in tears. Dump him. <laughs> get rid of him. Um, <laughs> hey, look. You know what? Fire him up in a best ball league if you're towards the end of your draft and you don't know who to pick. He might have a, a game where he catches a touchdown in like 70 yards on like five catches or something. Or he's a good depth piece to have throwing guy in a trade. I just love to love Josh Reynolds because he was holding the Porks boy back. So, yeah, you know, it's just one of those many things that we do. Let's talk about this fire ass trade that happened today. So, the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Jeez, don't do that again. Oh, All right. That's so, worse than hit dippers. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos made a trade. Trade alert, as they say over at Dynasty Trades HQ. Uh, the Seahawks receive quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, the 2022 first-round pick, which is the 109, a 2023 first, two seconds, and a fifth. And it got cut off here. I don't know what happened, where the rest of it went. But then uh, Denver, yeah, but Denver got Russell Wilson in a fourth. Ah, uh, Bob moved it down. My bad, Bob. You got to keep all that together for me, bro. Come on. Uh, so Denver <laughs> received Russell Wilson in a fourth round pick. All right, Chev, do you think Drew Locke is going to be the starter in Seattle when the season starts? And also, what do you think of Noah Fant's value on top of that? Yeah, I think you're going to start Drew Locke. You have no reason to really try to win games this season. They have a good wide receivers around there. So, I mean, he's a guy that loves to chunk it up. As you know, Mike, that was one of your boys when they coming out of the draft. So, we know True. he's able to chunk the ball up. So, I don't think it's going to be terrible. But I don't see them really wanting to go get a quarterback or do anything this upcoming season. If my opinion, they want to wait until next year or maybe even this year drafting their quarterback early. Uh, so I, I think that's what's going to happen early on in the season for them. And for Noah Fant, this one sucks because he was the last name it seemed like to come out of this trade mm -hmm. talk. And for me, I have a couple of Noah Fant shares that I was like, yes, we get Russell Wilson and Noah Fant together. Awesome. He gets a good quarterback to play with. Then you see the news. No offense, shipped off to the Seahawks, which it, it kind of sucks. But yeah. like he's he's around all this talent, so hopefully this will allow him to – I don't know. He's been around good talent, it seems like, for a while. But <laughs> it, hopefully it allows him to play more free. Hopefully he can stay healthy. He's kind of got the connection with Drew Locke already. So, I mean, that's a bonus. But this is – this kind of sucks. I, don't, I think Noah Fant's still a good player. I would not be just giving him away for for a little little piece of chips or a chip bag or a piece of gum or anything like that. But <laughs> this is not not the best news you could have heard for Noah Fant's event. Hmm. What if it's a piece of double mint gum? Hopefully he's going to a different team. Hopefully would you do it for $3 in fab? You know, 
That's Sixty-nine dollars in fab will get you a long ways. That's what I've heard. There we go. All right, um, <laughs> Phil. What are you valuing DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at right now? Right now, it's, it's it's kind of you really don't know to be honest with you because to me with uh, Tyler Lockett, a lot of his touchdowns and his long plays was off of scrambles from Russell Wilson when they're just doing their whatever playground play, whatever they have going. And DK Metcalf from time to time is already a boomer bus guy. So you're changing a person that probably throws the best deep ball in the league to Drew Locke. Who also throws a a great deep ball. He throws a great deep ball, but is it accurate? Not true. That, that's it's, that's the thing. He has the arm strength. He has the arm talent. But his deep ball is not as accurate and as good as Russell Wilson. So they're going to have to build a rapport for that. Um, so I think right now their stock is right now is both down. Um, but we never know with Seattle. They don't know how to draft anyway. So I don't know if they're going <laughs> to they're, they're gonna, uh, do whatever. But it, that's, that's just a, that's a tough – Tough question to answer at this point, just because with Drew Lock, Drew Lock isn't the best quarterback. He's had the chances. He's gotten hurt. Yes, he has a good deep ball, but if you're throwing anything else intermediate or if he has to read a good defense, he's prone to throwing interceptions. So for for right now, that's uh their their stock is down at this point. I'd imagine one of them's gonna get traded. I would, it sounds I would... like Lockett is on the move. D- I heard DK is on the move, to be honest. Because I know Lockett has that Lockett has that long term extension that he just signed last year, so I don't know how easy is that that's going to be to move. So I think if if anything, I've heard DK moving somewhere, and I heard somebody trying to tell me tell it's going to be the Eagles, but I know it's not going to happen. The only thing is, it's going to take a lot more to get DK uh, than it's going to take to get Lockett. Yeah, yeah, just because he's younger. I feel like it would be unlikely that DK would go to the Eagles. I don't know if the Eagles are going to want to pay what this what the Seahawks are going to want. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Mike. Think about yeah. this. Hi, you guys trade Jalen Hurts. Do it. Just what? Just do it. Or right Drew Locke and DK Metcalf. Oh this is outrageous. This is Mike. If you, you can you imagine I mean, Mike if the Eagles got Drew Locke and traded away Jalen? I'm muting him on Twitter. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> just delete. Just, just you know what? Quit the show. Just act like you never met me. Just erase <laughs> me from your it's gonna be fire um, this, fire that the rest of the year. No, you know that that would be interesting. Ass, man. I, I highly doubt that the Seahawks though would trade for Drew Lock just to trade him right away. It doesn't seem like a move that they would make. Um, I think if the Eagles traded for DK Metcalf, it wouldn't include a quarterback in any facet or anything like that. Or if it did, it would probably be maybe moving Gardner Minshew to lessen how much DK Metcalf costs, possibly. Um, that's how I think they would do it. Um, also, and like I've been telling all my friends that are Eagles fans, Russell Wilson ain't coming here. That's a pipe dream. Told you so. Um, let's look at the other side of this though, because, you know, obviously we have another team involved here and that's the Denver Broncos. So Javante Williams is going to be fine. Everybody. We know that Javante is going to be good. Alberto, a guy that I liked since he came out and was mocked. By you, Philip, for liking him. He's not that athletic, go. Bro. You see this Every time we say the name, you bring it up. And, and then now, when the combine came, he ran fast as crap. And now everybody's going to want him. And I get to sit here and say, I told you so. I was wrong about Jay Sternberger. I was right about Alberto. Wrong you about Michael P. Ryan. You're not I was just right about, about Albert O. Yet. I was right. That's the thing. Yet. <laughs> Jesus. He's a sell. Listen, I do a lot of things. Exactly, pre- nigga. I do a lot of things prematurely, and this victory lap is going to be one of them. Okay, so let me take it. <laughs> That's called self-depreciating humor. You're welcome, everyone. I think Alberto is going to be just fine. I'm not going to tell you that he's going to be a tight end one. He might. I mean, there's always that possibility because you know tight ends get hurt. These guys fall off. Thanks, Pork, in the chat there. If he's a tight end one, it's really, really back end, or he's like 13, 14, 15 ish. I think he's going to be super, super serviceable. You're going to like what you get out of him. And Javante is fine. But, Nate, we're going to finish off talking about this this uh, trade. Your thoughts on the trio of wide receivers, which would be Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick. And also, I do want to say that today, I just announced, and Bob is 
effing sad in the Rewinders chat, but you could be part of patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Seattle Seahawks have also just released linebacker Bobby Wagner. So Seattle's tearing it down out there. They released they, Oh, wow. They did, yeah. He's so, old, folks. He's old. I thought they were going to yeah. try to trade him for something. And my buddy Johnny's like, bring Bobby Wagner here. The Eagles are too young, man. They don't need an aging linebacker. They're not a piece away. They're many pieces away, and you need to develop more. But Nate, your thoughts on Judy Sutton and Patrick? Yeah, so I'm excited for Judy Sutton Hamler. Um, not you know, Tim Patrick. I don't. I don't understand what the Broncos are doing. Why they they extended Tim Patrick? I mean, I like Tim Patrick, but you have Cortland Sutton. Okay, so you have your X. You have Jerry Judy. So you have your Z, and then you got. KJ Hamler, who's going to be your slot receiver, who's a big playmaker, you know, maybe that Tyler Lockett kind of role, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe, yeah. maybe KJ Hamler right now is a super cheap buy. Um, he's also probably a pretty easy sell if you get someone in your league who likes KJ Hamler because he's it's, it's kind of a high risk, high, uh, low, re- low risk, high reward kind of guy. He's not very expensive, but if, hey, if you can move him for a second round pick right now, I, I absolutely would. But also, if you can buy him for a third, I probably would as well. Um, I think this is going to be a hard one. It's going to be like, you know, last year, Metcalf and Lockett, neither one was better than the other, really. It just depended on the week. Honestly, there's too much talent here at wide receiver for me to think anything else is going to be the same way, Um, anything different. It's going to be the same. Russell Wilson does not funnel the ball to one wide receiver. That's not how he works. He spreads the ball around. So do I think... Jerry Judy has a bit more upside in PPR leagues. Yes. But hey, if I'm in a half PPR league or God forbid a standard league, I'd probably be looking at Cortland Sutton because he's going to get more of those deep shots. I mean, you're looking at Jerry Judy's the Tyler Lockett of this offense and Cortland Sutton's the DK Metcalf of this office, most, most likely. And then you have Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler in there who are going to have weeks where they do well, but are not going to be consistent because – I don't think that team's going to throw the ball enough to have a really consistent fantasy football player as their wide receiver three or four. So I think Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are kind of it for fantasy football. And then you just kind of take a flyer on one of those two other guys. Um, but Hey, they're both Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler cheap. Go buy them. See if you can get flip them. You know, I don't have anything against those guys. I think they're both talented. So we'll see what happens. I'm also expecting Melvin Gordon to be on the move at some point. Out of town. No, I think Melvin Gordon stays. I think everyone's going to be really upset because I'm like, oh, my Javante Williams shares. But, hey, Melvin Gordon's actually good, even though everyone hates him. Sorry. That is is true. He is still serviceable. Just a couple other things to touch on here. Uh, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, and David Njoku all received the franchise tag. Why did David Njoku get a franchise tag? Pay big money to Austin Hooper. You draft Harrison Bryant. You don't even use Njoku. They literally don't even use him. And they're like, oh, well, got to give him like $11 million. It's Cleveland. So they're dumb. When, when I found dumb. out that they franchise tagged him, you remember the scene from the 40-year-old virgin where Steve Crow goes, is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? That's Cleveland's <laughs> philosophy on the franchise tag. Where's your mind on it, Mike? Jeez. Oh, I am... I'm no cap wilding over here. Also, um, Calvin Bye. Ridley. What? That's what the kids say. <laughs> Calvin Ridley has been suspended for the 2022 season uh, because he used FanDuel in a different state. So uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to suspend him for an entire season. Uh, yeah, you can assault people and get less of a punishment than that. But um, yeah, no cap wilding. Yeah, you like that pork? That's good stuff. huh? <laughs> I don't. You do. You love me. You love your super Caucasian host. So um, that is our instant reactions. That probably took up way too much of this podcast. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some quick read-throughs, and then we're going to talk some combine risers and followers. How about uh, after that, we just do some nice nice music here. That's lovely. Talk to you guys about Dynasty Owner. Do you still want to – oh, let's talk. I'm sorry. We're going to start – Not Sean, you get me all screwed up, man. I'm sorry. We're going to start with Underdog. Do you still want to draft but don't want to join yet another Dynasty startup? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. The best ball platform season-long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Now is the time to reap the benefits of being a Dynasty player that follows the NFL year-round. 
support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on the Underdog Fantasy app by using promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Deposit 100, get 100 more to play with. Boom. The link is in the description. We will see you there. And now, Sean, we're going to talk about Dynasty Owner. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? A way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at its deepest level. Listen to this this music. I feel like I should be really close to it. Featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap and navigating player contracts as well as setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are a value now, but what about in the future? Build your Dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It's time to own your dynasty at dynastyowner.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind team sent you by using the code Rewind. The link will be in the description. And last but not least, if you are looking to support the Dynasty Rewind team and enjoy your favorite live events at a great price, look no farther than SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events such as sports. And maybe Chev wants to go see Garth Brooks in concert. Who knows? What's that? Shania Twain. Even better. I would probably rather see Shania too. They search all the big ticket sites for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings and present the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate the best deals all in one place. Utilize 3D maps to make finding the perfect seat easy for you. Creating an account takes seconds. When you use promo code DynastyRewind, you'll get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today and enjoy a game tomorrow all right so that was our fun read-through segment that i love doing so much and now we're going to talk about some risers from the scouting combine so let's do it up and hey look i'm actually listed first this time so one of my risers even though we did say to kind of temper your expectations but keeping in mind he is from a smaller school that was christian watson so he came out and he ran a 4.3640 yard dash and a 38 and a half inch vert I mean, I think that's pretty impressive. I understand that he's a big dude. He should be doing those things. But to me, the speed is what really did it. Now, I did see somebody tweeted out that the turf at Indy was, and I quote, hella fast. So do you know if there was any adjustments on these 40 times or on Christian Watson specifically? There are no official adjustments. Um, Lance Zerline, who was the one who tweeted out that the new turf, so there is actually new turf at the Colt Stadium. Um, it is faster. And people were like, hey, sh- is there like a number we should like add to these 40 times to be more consistent? And it sounds like he said, oh, maybe like 0. 0.05, 0. 0.06 is what he was thinking. But there's no actual number to go off of. Um, but hey, if you want to add 0. 0.06, you can. Okay. You're still, you're still coming at a 4440. Right. So, yeah, I do think between the combine and the senior bowl, as well, those two are really going to help Christian Watson be a riser. So, um, just for the sake of time, let's move on. Chev, your combine riser, and I do like this one a lot, by the way. Tell us who it yeah. is. So, somebody that's probably not going to be a three-down back going into the NFL, but could be a good pass catcher out of the backfield, like a Neheims, Neheims, Naheem Hines kind of role is James Cook. James Cook, he saw he ran the forty really fast as well. If we add six to it, maybe not as fast as we had thought. But I, I like what James Cook showed. I mean, he runs a little bit up high for me, but uh, he, he absolutely gained value this, uh, this draft, and I'm really excited to see where he goes and kind of what his role is in the NFL. Maybe it's not starting right away. Maybe it's doing something uh, on special teams, but I think he'll have a role on some offense or special teams going into next year. Okay. Uh, just out of curiosity, do you have a – uh, Georgia back that you prefer him, Zamir White? I think Zamir White is somebody that is the bigger back, obviously. I think he'll get a probably higher draft, I would imagine. But James Cook gives you that PPR upside, and I don't think Zamir White does that as well. Okay. I'm they complement each other. I mean, just like everybody else at like Georgia. I mean, you had Chubb, then you had Michelle. So, I mean, that's just how it goes there. I do want to just say one thing before we move on from, from yours. Everyone knocks the Georgia offense, but this Georgia offense puts out a ton of good mm-hmm. skill position players at the next level. So yep. say what you want about the Georgia offense, but they're doing something right. Now, that being said, I'm probably never drafting Stetson Bennett anywhere, 
in one of my rookie drafts? I don't think anybody is, Mike. No, no shot. Listen, he got drafted in a C2C league that I was in quite high, if I could say. So, uh, but let's move on to Pork's super surprising combine riser. Pork, what do you got for us? Well, I mean, one reason I put him on there because I feel as though they still have him as a second round grade. And uh, he went in the interviews and told them, like, hey, I think I can run a 4 3 4 4. Now, me personally, I didn't think that George Pickens can run that fast. Can you but, run you know, that fast? Don't, I definitely can't now. My knee is jacked up. But with George Pickens, with with him running a four four forty in this in this uh in this past combine, I think that might like uh solidify him as possibly being drafted in the back of the first round. Um uh, they didn't ask him to do any other drills. I'm not too sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I think they probably know what talent he has or just to preserve his ACL. But uh hey. If they if they told him not to do it and they know the talent that he has and he runs a four four forty at six two two ten, he's pretty much just as fast as a Christian. He was just as fast as Christian Watson was when we was talking about him. So we was talking about how he's rising. Um, I know he's probably because he's an FCS guy, but I feel as though George Pickens has that talent to be a first round talent already. So if they have him mocked in the second, I don't see him mocked in the first or any of the NFL Network guys or ESPN guys. I think after seeing that, I think he just propels right to the end of that first round and be one of the top wide receivers taken in this draft. Okay. I, I don't hate that at all. Um, Nate, yours. This is a name that I feel like hasn't been talked about as much, so this might be the first time that some of our listeners are hearing this name. Tell us what you got. Yeah, this is this guy is like the definition of a combine riser. Uh, I knew going into the combine, he was going to look pretty good. He was gonna. I knew he was gonna measure well. People were gonna see his size and be excited, but I didn't think he would test quite as well as he did. And that's Jelani Woods out of Virginia, tight end. Came in at six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pounds, just about. He's got thirty four inch arms, so very long arms, very long frame. Okay, and so he's a big target out there. He's a converted quarterback actually, and just an exciting kind of specimen for someone to work with right because he's not you know watching the film he's not necessarily smooth he's not you know maybe the most you know developed inline tight end he's not the greatest blocker at this point but he had great production this year at virginia um coming over from oklahoma state actually as a transfer so he produced well in this last season going to the nfl draft did well the combine he ran a four six one I did not expect that number because he's a long strider. When you're six foot seven, you're almost always a long strider. And to post that four six one on the forty yard dash, the forty yard dash really shows burst. And to have you know good burst at that size, and then be able to hit those high speeds at your top level and keep it going, you know, shows that he has that ability to really break the seam open. And that's what tight ends really need to do at the next level. I mean, if you want to be a pass catching tight end, half the time you only really need to just break the seam. And that's hard to do with the next line, next level, because linebackers are good. Safeties are good. They're super athletic. They're more athletic now than they've ever been before. But Jelani Woods showed that, you know, he can keep up with those guys. Also, I was impressed by 24 reps of 225 pounds on the bench press. That's pretty impressive. That was a high number for tight ends in general, let alone the fact that he has 34 inch arms. When you have long arms, the bench press is harder to do. You got to push that weight farther, you know? So, impressive strength there if we can get that strength to go into his blocking a bit more i think he'd be a bit better of a prospect but he showed the traits that he's probably going to be a fourth or fifth round pick now while before the combine he's probably going to be undrafted hmm. so while this this athleticism isn't necessarily you know on the tape you know i think it's gonna have a lot of people go back and look and he's going to get some high people coaches are going to get excited about you know his potential and with that big frame and the athleticism so he's Certainly a combine riser. Uh, we actually did a four-round rookie mock draft earlier this week, and he wasn't even selected. So it's going to be very cheap in your rookie drafts. He's going to be like a fifth-rounder, fourth-rounder in some tight end premium leagues. Maybe a guy you just pick up the waiver wires after the draft. But Jelani Woods is a name keeping uh, an eye on because he's got the traits. And more than any other position, I value traits at tight end. This is important too, and, you know, what Nate is saying is especially important, and this can apply towards any 
position. The risers and fallers don't have to be for the top tier prospects only. There's going to be middle of the round selections at every position that you're going to find starting for you at some point. Khalil mm-hmm. Herbert, Elijah Mitchell. These are guys that keep going back to because you need to know these names. You need to know what they're all about. So Jelani Woods, keep him. Just keep him on your mind there a little bit. Write that name down. If you're driving, pull over and write that name down. Or, <laughs> you know, talk to note in your phone if you know how to do stuff like that. I do not. Let's talk about some combine fallers now. Uh, Nate, we're actually going to go right back to you. We're going to just flip it around a little bit. Your combine faller is kind of interesting to me. So explain yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I've said before. What are you looking at? I'm sorry. But like, you're just like looking up there. (laughs) I know. I have my uh, second monitor up above me. So, okay. I'm trying to pull up my fallers numbers, you know. That way I have the stats to back it up. Gotcha. You're just gazing off into the distance. (laughs) Looking away, you know, looking away. Um, So the guy that I'm going to talk about as a follower is uh, one of my top three running backs, and that's Isaiah Spiller. Uh, He didn't run the 40-yard dash. And I think, and I said this last year, I said this year before that, if you're not keeping up, you're falling behind. And – these guys went out, ran great 40-yard dashes. Everyone except for one running back we're going to talk about ran a great 40-yard dash. It was a fast track this year. Isaiah Spiller really missed out by not running the 40-yard dash, right? Because he probably would have tested well, everyone thinks, right? But he doesn't have a number now, so he's, he's just kind of lost some of the hype because everyone else is getting hype. So he's automatically a follower in that round. But also, just because he didn't run the 40-yard dash doesn't mean he didn't test, okay? Came in at six foot two seventeen. That's good. Came in with just about the same size hands as Kenny Pickett. I don't think that really matters, but just throwing that out there. But he still tested a couple things, okay? He did a vertical jump. 30 inches. Okay, 30 inches is not good. That ties him for second worst at the running back position. He also did the brawl jump. And he came in at 9 feet and 6 inches. That is dead last for the running back position at the combine. So maybe realistically it's better that he didn't do the 40 yard dash because those are good signs of explosiveness and burst. And while on tape, he looks like he has plenty of burst. Those testing numbers are not good. And he's actually kind of lucky that those drills are not as hyped up as they probably should be because he'd be a much larger faller. If those drills were hyped up as much as the 40 yard dash because he performed terribly at the combine. And when I say terribly, I mean that when you take the, those numbers and you create the burst score for his size, it is the seventh percentile, seventh percentile burst of running backs we've tested. Well, now we're not talking about it because it's the vertical and the broad jump, but if you look at it, those are not good numbers. It's not optimistic. It's not positive. I'm a little worried about, Isaiah Spiller, I'm not going to overreact and drop him down to like RB6 or anything, but he's definitely falling for me. I'm going to be looking out for those pro day numbers, hoping that they come out a little bit better because not good. Ew, don't do that. I did see that his dad said that he was a little banged up. So we'll see. Like you you said, I'm looking forward to the pro day to see what he does there, but Mm -hmm. not the best showing for the kid. No. Yeah, not looking so good. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Phil, another running back for you. Bob, yeah, if you're listening, um, just be careful here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Bob. I mean, Kyron Williams had a really bad combine as well. And like we always say, I don't really, I don't like to overreact to the combine, but he ran a terrible 40. He ran a 4.65 for He was the slowest of all the running backs. He just got uh, very snelled, baby. <laughs> his vertical leap was 32 and broad jump is nine foot eight. Like it's it was it that wasn't good. Isaiah Spiller. It was uh, slightly, but uh, the the way I see it is that yes, he, he's a combine faller, but for my rankings, he's not a faller. So I would like this for for somebody that you know who was liking Kyron Williams, just tell him you know he's terrible. And you can pick him up for your team because the film is showing me that he is a good running back. 
yes, he had a bad combine, but I was talking in the group chat the other day. How we just don't re- don't overreact to the numbers and kind of look at the drills because his drills were actually pretty good. Um, his feet footwork was good and, and all that stuff. His hands were good. We know he has all that stuff. Um, so yes, as a combine faller, he played. He did terribly. But as a film guy and what we're seeing on the film and what we see on the field, hey, let that fall and let that fall to you. Let that value fall to you so Bob can get him in the third round and he'll probably be freaking doing fist bumps in his in his office having fun. So yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't totally be down on him, but this combine didn't look good. So I'll be looking forward to his pro day, see if he, you know, improves on those numbers. Maybe he was banged up, maybe he had a bad day like Isaiah Spiller. Uh, but maybe he just doesn't test well. But yeah, give, I would I wouldn't give up on him quite yet. Okay. And uh, Chev wants to talk about the guy that should be in every first round of every rookie mock draft from now until the end of the time, <laughs> or the draft is invalid. Chev, who you got for us? Yes, I mean David Bell is somebody that I did not expect a whole lot out of this combine season. I did not expect him to go out there and blaze me a 4-4-40. Did not expect him to go out there and run like he did, though. I thought he would be a little bit quicker than I than he did run, especially if we're at a point, .06 to this. That's a point, that's 4.71, <laughs> so that's a little rough, especially for a wide receiver. But I don't think that knocks him out of – he's a good wide receiver. He's a good athlete. He's just not as elite as some people may have thought – um, and I think that's just where that's I knew he wasn't going to go there and test well. So I didn't have high expectations, but a lot of people are going to see him as a faller just because he did not test like all these other burning wide receivers that were out there. All these guys that have insane athletic abilities. He's not a Chris Olave. He's not a Garrett Wilson, but he's a guy that is a good wide receiver. And he's still going to be able to get you fantasy points this upcoming year, probably. But I would not expect him to go and do anything crazy as pro day either. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree, but just keep in mind he has to be drafted in the first round. So I've been told. Um, so my combine faller is Carson Strong. He had some accuracy issues, and I put something else in here too. Okay. Um, the thing about Carson Strong and what he did at the combine, he didn't do any drills or any testing like that. All he did was throw. And man, this dude can sling it. He can rip the ball down the field, but a lot of his throws were low. He was kind of all over the place. So when you're telling everyone or you're being touted that arm strength and your arm is your what makes you as a quarterback and you're going out and you're having accuracy issues, probably going to be a backup or a developmental guy. Between that and the senior bowl, you know, like, dude, we know you're slow. Just run the 40. Just do some bench presses. Do some drills. You know what I mean? Just, Just do it. Just do it. So he hasn't evolved yet, Mike. <laughs> I know, but but still, you know, he should have he should have done more. Everything he's done since Nevada season ended, I think, has only hurt himself. To be honest with you, so and it's kind of sad because I watched the film. I like the way he plays. I mean, he's got a great arm. He's good touch on on his deep ball, everything like that. His intermediate stuff is really good too, but. He's just not helping himself out right now. So I'm kind of excited to see, you know, supposedly the 23 class is better. And I think it is for the skill positions. I don't necessarily think it is a quarterback right now. There's plenty of time between now and then. Nate, you can give me all the looks you want. I'll explain that later. (laughs) Um, So those are our combine fallers. That's going to do it. We packed a lot into this one hour so far. I'm tired. I need an average. (laughs) Yeah. And the Patreon show afterwards. So make sure you sign up if you haven't signed up already. Yes. Nate makes a very good point. Nate and I are going to go do a Patreon show. It's going to be fire, um, as they say. It's going to be fire ass. Fire ass. (laughs) They're quicker. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. We have $5 tier. You get the bonus pod (laughs) now with a private RSS feed. So you can listen to it on your preferred podcast player. But private RSS feeds don't work on all podcast players. So if it doesn't work on some app I've never heard of, don't blame me. Blame the app developers. Well, a $1 tier says, hey, you love us. Thank you for doing the show. It gets you in the group chat as well. But before we sign everybody up for our Patreon, Chev, you got something for us this week? 
Yes, sir. I got a verse from Colossians 4.2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Uh, being devoted to prayer means praying when things are good, praying when things are, praying when things are bad. Um, there's plenty of things that are going wrong in the world. I had a buddy that had some problems with his his pregnancy the other day, so that was that's tough. But praying praying to God, uh, you get to see the good and the bad. Uh, when you're going through bad things, be thankful. Be thankful for going through these tough times. God's going to get you through it. We already know He won the battle for us. And I think just just being watchful as well, because even when I'm praying, sometimes I catch myself just not watching, not seeing what God is doing in my life. Like I talked about before. When I worked at the YMCA, I was praying, but I wasn't watching what was going on. I was doing great things, and kids were learning new sports. Kids were having fun, and I was being an example to them, but I didn't see that till I got to the very end where I moved on, and I missed some opportunities to maybe connect with these kids a little more. Uh, so I think just, just watching what's going on around you and being thankful for what you have uh, in the good and bad, we can all learn from people's mistakes as well. Uh, so I think just being thankful and watchful in those prayerful times in the good and bad. All right. Great words from a great man. And before we head on out of here, I just want to remind everyone to spay and neuter your pets and co-hosts. <laughs> so until next week, everybody, I'm your host Shut up, Mike. for Nate Chev. You're neutered and- too. Our freshly neutered co-host, <laughs> Phil Simmons. Woo! Please rewind. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.